0: This is Bridget Deneen with Guts and Grace, how to create space for yourself in a world that would rather you stayed small. This is the place to be for women who want to put themselves on the priority list and stop living on leftovers. If you're ready to reclaim your time, energy, and peace of mind, you're in the right place. It's time to insist on well-being, and it all starts here and now. My friends, this is going to be a good one. Today, I'm very excited to introduce you to Corey Thompson, who is a recovering control freak and perfectionist. Can you relate? I know I can. <laughs> she loves helping women weave their mind of toxic beliefs and feed their soul with more empowering ones. I love that. She's also the author of Control Freak, a practice for letting go, allowing miracles, and co-creating your best life. Corey, hello.
1: Hello. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me.
0: Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for saying yes. Thank you for being here. Um, I'm really excited about this conversation. Um, I also identify as a recovering perfectionist. um, And if I'm honest, maybe, yeah, definitely. I think Control Freak really does go along with that for yeah. sure too. So I think this is going to be such a great conversation, not only for you know sharing some, some wonderful techniques and tools, but also for, for you and I to kind of go deep in, into this stuff together um, and see where we end up. So I'm really excited to have this conversation. But as you know, before we get to that topic, before we start talking about Control freak and um, and how to overcome that, how to work with that. Um, I'd love to start off our conversation just by asking you to fill in the blank. I'm so glad I had the guts to. Mm, I am
1: so glad that I had the guts to slow down.
0: Oh, please say more.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's loaded. Um, and it's an ongoing slowing down right even this week like so full having to like really like be aware and notice when I'm filling time with busyness Mm -hmm. and taking a step back and going oh wait I created this space in my calendar for a reason with intention I don't need to fill it because I have you know frenetic end of school energy and things happening. So yeah, it's, it's an ongoing practice and reminder that we can give ourselves permission to use the space that
0: we create. We don't have to fill it. Oh, I love that so much. That like, that is, it's, it's funny. I feel like we could have a whole conversation just, <laughs> just about that. you know, the yeah. art of slowing down. What <laughs> popped into my mind is like the way that's been showing up for me this week mm-hmm. is, um, not looking at my phone like when I'm in the elevator and in the like in those moments like those little you know 30 seconds at a time one minute at a time when we've just got a few moments to ourselves it's so common now to just whip out your phone and like whether it's productive time or not and I'm like you know what I don't want to. I don't want that habit I want to like just sit here and do nothing for 30 seconds why can't I just like take a few breaths stare at the wall and you know move on
1: yeah yeah um it's it, it 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 sort of becomes this Like, and I'm really mindful of it this week in particular because I was not all that mindful in the beginning of the week. Mm -hmm. And I was like grabbing the phone. I had like some Facebook like notifications going crazy because people were like buying the book, sharing or whatever. And it's all lovely. But at the same time, you know, you check it and that incessant checking Drains the nervous system yeah and it becomes like this like I was starting to get even more wired yeah at the end of the day and I'm like whoa whoa okay <laughs> let's go back to the practice of slowing down
0: mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. absolutely so I, I love that you share that this is in fact an ongoing practice it's not like a one and done situation um and it's something that you return to like on a you know, we have the meta version of it, which is like in life, kind of choosing to have a lifestyle in general, where that's the case. And then we have these, these mindful moments throughout our days where we have the opportunity to come back to that touchstone too. I think that's really beautiful. Yeah, Um, yeah, slowing down. So good. Um, So that leads me to my next question. I always just love to check in as well as we um, get our conversation rolling. What's on your radar these days? What are you into right now? Oh,
1: what am I into right now? Mm -hmm. Um, well, I'm, I'm looking forward to summer because we are, you know, end of days here, wrapping things up and completing and stepping into a time of year that is, you know, lots of vitamin D and laying by the pool and going to the beach and all of that. So right. I'm, I'm looking forward to taking a break, um, being with my family, going on vacation, um, and while at the same time, showing up and, and serving, you know, mm. serving clients, you know, talking to people about what's going on with me and, and, and growing my business. So there's, there's almost like this, uh, this question, and this happens every year, if I'm honest, this mm-hmm. time of year, this question that's sort of in the back of my mind, like, how am I going to do it all? Because <laughs> summer is supposed to be like, you know. You know you're really active and you want to be visible. And at the same time, when you've got littles, it's like they want so much of you, mm-hmm. and I want so much of them. Yeah. And so it's it, it it's I'm 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 aware that there's so many things that I want to do over the summer, and it's okay if they all don't get done. It's okay if they all don't get done perfectly and everything's going to happen the way it's meant to happen, and there's learning available in all of it, and just, you know, like, trying to go with the flow and, you know, not wring each other's necks before school comes back around.
0: So. Yeah, I hear you, and it's funny because there's, it's like, there's this fine line between that kind of energy of excitement and, like, legit just wanting to do all of these things, and that can, like, quickly turn into, like forcing yourself to do all the things or like gripping the idea of doing all the things so tightly that it like loses its essence or it loses the joy that you thought you were going to access by doing it in the first place. So yeah, I really feel that too. It's like that that sense of anticipation and like looking forward to doing all the things. And then at the same time, recognizing that sustainability matters. <laughs> right. Right. You know, and we kind of need that sense of, as you said, like the art of slowing down, even within the context of like doing things and pursuing goals and and all of that, so that, so that we can feel full as we're doing it, instead of wired and fried, and
1: <laughs> right, right, well, and that was the whole point behind the slowing down, right, in the first mm-hmm. place, It's like, taking that opportunity, and allowing it to be rich, and, and not steal the essence, as you said, I love that, um, but what I'm noticing, like, the more permission that I give myself to pause, And to slow down, whether that's for a day or, you know, a week or a season, Mm -hmm. that inevitably what follows is this rush, this burst of creativity. It's super important to like get to the essentials and prioritize what's really important and not do all the things. Cause like you said, then there's a sustainability issue and you're back to where you were before you took the break.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think this is something that a lot of people can probably relate to for sure. I'm still kind of wondering how many times I'll have to complete that particular cycle before, before right. I get it.
1: Right, exactly.
0: <laughs> you know. How many times will I repeat this pattern before I really understand? It's funny. I even found myself saying a few months ago, I'm like, no, but I really do want to do all the things. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then yes. of course, brick wall, brick wall happened. It was like, yeah. I'm doing none of the things for a while. So funny, so funny. Yes. Um yeah. So thank you for sharing that. Um, I'm really excited for summer too, and I'm I'm kind of eager to see what what happens for you and to kind of watch your journey as you go through this um, this book launch and all of that fun stuff. Yeah. So that brings us to like to the guts of the conversation today, talking about being a control freak, what that was like, and what that how that continues to show up. What do you do about it? All of that good stuff. So that's what we can look forward to um, for the next little bit. I would love to, um, to start off talking a little bit about you know, what used to stress you out? Like before you identified as a recovering control freak, when you felt like you maybe were a straight up control freak, (laughs) Um, (laughs) what used to stress you out? What was that, what was it like for you? Oh,
1: goodness. Um, I feel like it's sort of a cop-out to say everything, but it's honest. (laughs) Yeah. Um, in, In my mind, right? Like there were, I was better at masking things, stressing me out certain things stressing me out than others. Okay. Um, but really, a- any task that I was responsible for at work, if it had some weight to it, if it impacted other people, if um, someone else's opinion of my work was involved, which was pretty, pretty much everything, right? Yeah, pretty much always. <laughs> um, then there was an added level of stress brought on by my own inner critic, my, my inner control freak, my inner perfectionist saying, well, you better get it right. You better mm-hmm. do it perfectly or you'll get fired. You'll, you know, like it immediately went to the worst possible you know, worst case scenario, yeah. which is not really, in retrospect, ever the worst case scenario, but in the right. in the moment you think it is. Mm-hmm. So it showed up at work. It showed up with um, just friends and family, like socially, being a people pleaser and and wanting to be the quote, you know, good girl, mm-hmm. and and always showing up and in a way that made people proud of me. Hmm.
0: So um, what would that look like socially? Would that be like being the one to take on the extra responsibilities to, to make things or like, what, what would that look like socially for you?
1: Um, yeah, like, uh, well, I would say mostly with family Mm -hmm. or, um, at work because there, it was like family of origin, but also like my own little growing family, Mm -hmm. because at one point, Um, My husband decided to, we decided as a family, I had a big promotion that was offered to me at work. He was sort of figuring out what his next career step was. We had some things going on with my son and some health issues where one of us really needed to be more present in the home. Mm -hmm. And so he decided to take a sabbatical and I took the promotion and so the, the concept of being like the breadwinner and the actual, like putting the food on the table
0: mm-hmm.
1: really messed me up. <laughs> and it meant that I added so much more weight to everything that I was doing at home so that by the time I got home, there was nothing left to give. And it was sort of like this cycle where I was, I was, um, you know, trying to be perfect at work. But then you get home and it's meant to be your safe space mm-hmm. with your loved ones and biting their heads off. <laughs> and then like being in a guilt judgment cycle for the night and not being able to sleep, which meant the next day at work, not being able to concentrate. You know, heavily putting on extra pressure to yeah. be perfect and get things right, and it was just like this downward spiral of exhaustion and burnout.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's. I mean, that's big <laughs> to, to really internalize that that level of pressure. You know, because um, it's, of course, it is a really big thing to be to be the sole breadwinner for sure. But when you've got that added layer of being a perfectionist as well. Um, like just going to, you end up going to that worst case scenario so much more frequently, don't you? And so the idea that like, what's in terms of like, what's at stake if I'm not perfect at work, like that is such a heavy burden to carry in that particular um, circumstance, like with those, um, with those aspects, different aspects happening in your life, right?
1: Yeah. And it's it's really easy after you have some time and distance from the situation to process it and and see like you were being super ridiculous and that worst case in your mind you never would have let it get that far and even the worst case for me you know being fired which never would have happened because it was a top rated (laughs) leader in what I was doing yeah um but at the same time I was saying to myself this could happen this is a possibility and so if that happens then my actual family will like starve Like, there were so many steps between A and Z.
0: Mm -hmm. And you just fast forward and break through all of them. Yeah,
1: yeah, (laughs) Yeah. that story was already so heavy and loud in my mind. Yeah. it, it It was very difficult for me to realize how irrational it was.
0: Hmm. Yeah. So this is actually making me think of um, one of the tools that I act that I love to use when I'm feeling overwhelmed, and I this is something I do with clients as well. Like when you're caught in that cycle of going to the worst case scenario, mm-hmm. I love to practice slowing down with that and actually really exploring the worst case scenario, yeah. because typically what we find is a like you said it's it's not likely. But even if it were, like if you did lose your job, would your children actually starve right away? Like for for many people, we have a lot more privilege than we recognize in those stressed out moments. So it's like, actually, I do have a social, like I've got some type of a safety net where, there's, there's, you know, different, different things that I could be doing. I I have the capacity to get a new job. I have savings. We have family, we have this and that, you know? And so it's this opportunity to slow down and recognize how resourced you actually are um, right. internally, as well as actually within your community. Like are we're so often much more surrounded with people that, that can help us and resources that can help us that we'll ever let ourselves. that we'll ever let ourselves actually recognize when we are feeling stressed out. So it can kind of be a great way to like take stock and actually feel grateful for what's really here that we're not really acknowledging. Right.
1: Yes. Yes. Well, and I'm so grateful that at that point in my time that I didn't realize that I had access to my own resourcefulness to like work through some of those things. Mm -hmm. That's when I found coaching and it was a similar conversation with my coach to go, okay, let's, let's really unpack.
0: Yeah, like what would really happen? What would you really do if Yeah, that <laughs> yeah.
1: and it, sometimes it takes someone from the outside looking in to pose a question like that because you haven't slowed down and, and thought about asking yourself those questions.
0: Yeah.
1: Right? And that's why it's so powerful to, to have someone truly hold a space for you and ask an open ended question because they're not like they're not going forward in in making up the answer or trying to fix the situation. Mm-hmm. You're trusting in your own resourcefulness. Yeah, you've absolutely. Got, you've got this. You've got this. Yeah. Let's just, let's look at this. Does it make sense?
0: Yeah, it's like time, time out. out. And even just that timeout, like that's when we switch back into, you know, being able to operate from the rational mind because the rest of that is just a stress response, right? Like that that cycle that we get into, that's, it's, as you mentioned, it's not rational, not because we're crazy, but because it's literally when we're stressed out, we're not operating from the prefrontal cortex so much anymore, right. you know? So, um,
1: right. Yeah. My, my son has this, um, this book called, uh, Hey Warrior. It's this beautiful book. If, mm-hmm. if any of your listeners, um, have, children who are struggling or showing signs of anxiety
0: oh yes please Uh, share because yes i know they
1: (laughs) do it's so precious it actually helped me a lot um it's about the amygdala Mm and it's illustrated like this furry character and it's getting to know your warrior Mm -hmm. and it helps the child like name it And go, oh, well, thank you. There's a reason why you exist. There's a reason why you are protecting me yeah I'm not actually needed in this situation I'm not actually being chased by a bear right now
0: <laughs> yeah yeah exactly exactly and I find that empowering ourselves around like understanding our own stress physiology can be so helpful because then it's not a character flaw <laughs> it's right. like the way right. human human bodies work <laughs> yeah. and yeah. so then we can make a different choice right we can work with that um yeah. so good so good so everything used to stress you out <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. I was, I was wound pretty tightly. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. And so like in the moments that you were sort of at your worst, I think you might've touched on this a little bit, but it sounds as though um, in terms of your reaction, um, your reaction to stress that it sort of became this, this cycle of, you know, take, maybe taking on too much or putting on, putting too much pressure on yourself for a level of performance that nobody else was expecting even of you mm-hmm. and then feeling worn out. So, like maybe getting angry at your family when you get home and then not being able to, to sleep at night. So I'm curious, um, is there anything else that you would add to that in terms of what, like what that control freak reaction would be like? I mean, in terms of the controlling part, like how would that aspect show up? Hey there. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you're enjoying this episode of guts and grace. We'll get back to it in just a sec. Are you feeling overwhelmed by your to-do list? Download Lighten Your Load, my free PDF guide to help you deal with what's draining you in five simple steps so you can reclaim your time, energy, and peace of mind. Head over to www.bridgeddenneen.com lighten your dash load and grab your copy today. That link is also in the show notes. Back to our show. For me...
1: It was very internalized with mm. the, the, the criticisms. Okay. So some of it would come out in the moment, you know, I would be a little short with one of my kids or short with my husband and, you know, let's be honest, sometimes that still happens. You yeah. know, I'm not, I'm not perfect. Let's keep it, let's keep it real. Let's keep it real. <laughs> um, but it was happening so much that it was like, I was becoming someone I didn't recognize. Mm. And it was more the norm as opposed to the exception. I had a rough, I have a rough moment. I can go back and recognize and apologize and make it right. It was just like this cycle. And I remember these times where I was like rushing my two-year-old daughter through her bath after having rushed all day so that I could get home to her and be with Mm -hmm. her and then rushing her through the bath and like barking orders at her because I had more work to do on the laptop after I got her to sleep. Mm. So um, with all of that, even though some of that was being expressed sort of sideways, what was loudest was in here yeah. and the self-criticism and what a terrible mother I was. And here I, wa- here I had everything I'd always wanted, I thought I wanted, and I was missing it. And I was messing it up. And it was so like the critic was just, it just kept getting louder. But I didn't realize because it was so like subconscious. It was in the background. I wasn't at a point yet where I was observing how I was speaking to myself mm. until I got a homework uh, assignment from my coach to literally write it all down like, write down my thoughts. And the first exercise when I did that and I started writing down and paying attention to how I spoke to myself, the kind of things that I was saying and thinking in my mind, like seeing it all on a page, it was like, Whoa. It's
0: like a moment of reckoning
1: fully, you know, Hmm. I would never talk to anybody else like this. I would never say these things to someone else, someone that I love, much less, you know, a stranger.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: so that was really eye-opening
0: yeah yeah Mm -hmm. and I also find um I can relate to that a lot um I've done similar kind of kinds of exercises before too and what I also noticed about it is that of course somehow we've got like this warped sense that that's supposed to be motivating or like talking to ourselves like that is the thing that's going to make us like actually do everything right right like if you actually look at that (laughs) you know from with a little bit of distance it's like Would anyone ever respond well to that? Like, is that going to bring out anybody's best? Exactly. Like Like this inner drill sergeant
1: (laughs) that is not only like barking orders, but also like deflating and not recognizing the effort that you're putting in and how hard you're working and how hard you're trying. It's just, yeah.
0: It's like, way to do, way to have the approach that's going to give you the opposite outcome. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And so, um, so I think I'm getting a sense then of what sorts of challenges this must have created for you. Um, When did you, when did you figure that enough was enough? Like, was there a moment? Was it kind of like a slow creep and eventually something had to change? What was that transition time like for you?
1: Um, There was a bit of a slow creep. But there was also, uh, like, I can pinpoint a moment where my husband was like, okay, we were talking before you started the recording about, like, uh, Brene Brown and, like, the call to Jesus. Like, we had a CTJ moment in our house where he was like, (laughs) you have got to get help. What is going on? And this was as a result of me driving my car through our garage door.
0: Whoa! What?
1: <laughs> <laughs> that, that in there. Um. Yeah, I I was exhausted. Yeah. I I had I had operated for so long under the assumption that if I just kept going, I could keep getting things done. I could keep squeezing more into the day, um, because I was so focused on doing. I had n- being was not on my radar. At all, my what was going on with me was not even on my radar because I was so focused on taking action. The to do mm-hmm, list wasn't, mm-hmm. that. yeah. And so, um, yeah, I I drove through our garage door because I had this moment where my brain was like done, and it like rebooted on me, and I forgot how to,
0: you know, push the brake. Wow. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Okay, I can understand how that might give you pause. <laughs>
1: Hello, yeah, like, wake up! <laughs> Time out. Yeah, yeah, but I really feel like now, um, having reflected on it and written about it and, and spoken about it, it's, I'm, I was really in um, a bad place, obviously, when it happened, and thinking about, like, how could I let this happen? What an idiot, like, all those things mm-hmm. were, were going on, but mm-hmm. after having spent some time with it, I'm so grateful that that happened, because mm-hmm. I truly believe that was my soul guiding me to go, wake up, you're missing everything that's important about life, get your shit together,
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> you know, Girl. And, and it would, <laughs> yep, and so I'm, I'm super grateful now that
0: that happened. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I really get that for sure. That's, yeah, that's a pretty profound moment. That's like a, that's an inarguable interruption, right? Right, <laughs> like, yeah. There's no doubt, there's no doubt that this is, that that's like, that's the big time out for sure, yeah. for sure. But so, I'm grateful too that, you know, nobody got hurt
1: because that oh, would be another yeah. thing, like that could have happened on the freeway. You know, my kids could have been in the car with me. Mm-hmm. I could have, I, I could have, you know, uh, hurt somebody else.
0: Yeah. Work. Yeah. So, yeah, really yeah. good point. Really good point for sure. For sure. Yeah, I'm so so. I'm so glad that it happened in a way that it could serve you without causing too much um, too much damage or, or disruption, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I have a hunch then that um, that in your book, your Control Freak: A Practice for Letting Go, Allowing Miracles, and Co-Creating Your Best Life, um, I know you talk about you've got this concept of four P's, and I have a sense that these four P's are um, kind of like a, a process to, to go through to help you to to work with and to overcome these sorts of tendencies. So I would love if you could give us a bit of an overview about that.
1: Sure, thank you. Um, it is
0: four, right? Did I get it them? is, yes. Okay,
1: okay. yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, I sort of think of it like, um, so it starts with a pause because that's where I needed to begin.
0: Right, doesn't it always? Like time yeah. out first. <laughs> yeah,
1: uh, that huge wake up call yeah um and 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 the pause I thought was it was actually a lot longer than when I was going through it thinking oh you know I'll I'll quit my job I'll start this I had gone to get coaching certified and I will launch this coaching practice I'll take a month off and then I'll dive into it but now looking back um that pause really lasted three years because I had a lot of catch up to do
0: Hmm.
1: because I had gone so long without giving myself any of that so my spirit was thirsty and so I think it's different for everyone that season of pause um and how long you might need in the beginning to get back to a place where you feel like yourself or you start to feel like yourself
0: Mm
1: -hmm. um and now for me pause is more like you know 20 minutes before I pick up the kids to recenter and ground and go, okay, second shift's about to begin. Let me just uh, find for a
0: minute. Yeah. And Um, I think that's a good point because it's kind of, again, this idea of like the macro and the micro, you know, it's like there's the life pause. There's like the big picture. What the hell am I doing with myself pause? And then there, again, there are these moments on a, on a day-to-day basis where we have multiple opportunities to, to pause. And I think that both are equally important for sure. And you can't really have one without the other, you know, like if yeah. you just do the life pause and then you, you're not in the practice of, of pausing in moments throughout your day, then that's when you can really slip back into old habits. Right.
1: Yes. Yes. Um, that's and, and that's a, one reason why I love, um, do you follow Kate Northrop? Um,
0: a little bit, like I know of her and I've seen some of her stuff, but I, I'm yeah,
1: I, I, I like her stuff because, um, you know, the importance of doing less, that's her new book, do less. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it, this concept of pause is built into a woman's body. Mm. Each and every month, our body tells us slow down, retreat, reflect, and when you're not used to that and thinking about what a gift it is, you just keep going. You just, you yeah. know, kind of plow right through it. And that was sort of my MO yeah. for years. And, and also like sort of like ugh, time of the month, like I hate it. Right. And, and have all this negative connotation around it. Mm-hmm. And, and then going, Oh wow. Like getting to a place where it's like, I'm so grateful that I can give myself permission today not to do anything, not to go anywhere. And as an introvert, like that's really important for me to have like some of those unplugged days. Yeah. To do nothing and realize it it's strategic. It's important. It's powerful for us to yeah. do it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It, it's part, it's part of the system of like actually reaching your goals. Like it's, yeah. it's, yeah, it's not yeah. a separate thing that you do later as some kind of a reward. It's like embedded. Yeah. It's a necessary part of like the ecosystem that, you know, that um, creates the opportunity or the circumstances where we can actually thrive and, and follow through.
1: Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sure. And, and, and like nothing, nothing in nature blows year round. So, like, you know, <laughs> right? Like winter. So that's, that's the pause. Um, yeah. That's the first P. The second P is prioritize. So like I mentioned before, like that rush of creativity, when you actually give yourself permission to pause, I don't know about you, but me, I get like this surge and then I want to do all the things and I get all these great ideas, like this download from the cosmos, from God, whoever it's like, Whoa, I've got it. You know? And then I see all of these projects and I've all these great ideas and things I want to do around the house and things I want to do with my business and, and blog posts that I want to write about, like so inspired. And that's when it's so important to get really clear on what's important right now. Capture yeah. the ideas, but don't actually go forward with execution. Like essential. What's essential of these, all these things that are popping? Mm-hmm. Prioritize. Um, the third P is power. because that, And that really flows from the pause that you've given yourself to rest. Rejuvenate, restore, into prioritize getting clear on what your what your next right thing is to work on, mm-hmm. and then power is how we draw power is actually following through on those key things, allowing ourselves to be the imperfect people that we are, and actually stepping into full visibility being in full bloom and, and, and doing the work that we're meant to be doing. Mm -hmm. And um, I love uh, Marianne Williamson. I always have this image in my mind where she's like, she, she says something like um, she uses the metaphor, the faucet metaphor. Like Mm -hmm. we can, that divine intelligence is flowing through us all the time we're just the faucet and we decide when to turn it on and off so I think about that in the context of power like when I'm in my fullest power is when I've given myself permission to open that faucet and let the voice of God work through me through my hands doing the work that I'm meant to be doing being Mm -hmm. who I'm meant to be and and
0: with that comes a lot of perfect imperfection (laughs) Yeah, that yeah, for sure. Because yeah. that's really the only way that you can be your fullest, truest self is to is to kind of get out of the way, right? Because otherwise, you're just always editing yourself and never quite doing the thing um, right. out of fear of messing it up or judgment or whatever whatever it is. So yeah. and it strikes me that like to go back to your third P, that is so powerful, you know, like that is tapping into your power saying, you know what, I'm doing this as a human being and here, yeah. I, here yeah.
1: I go. <laughs> yeah, well, and listen... It- When we listen to the inner critic, we listen to the fear and we follow the fear. That's what takes away from our power. Yes. Right. Totally deflating and then makes us shrink as opposed to like standing in the presence of who we're meant to be.
0: Absolutely. And you can yeah. feel it in your body, right? I mean, like mm-hmm. we're, we're on video right now as well, just for those who are, are listening. So even as Corey was just saying that, like she's talking about, like, it's when you listen to your inner critic, you feel deflated and you kind of shrink. And it's like your body language follows that right. Yeah. Versus really opening up to possibility and really giving yourself permission to like, to play with that inspiration and to give yourself room to follow through on those ideas. Like that's something like you feel it in your body, like you're, you become more expansive. Um, and that's, that's energy. That's power, right? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So I can hardly wait to find out what the fourth P is now. <laughs> the fourth P
1: is pray.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> of course it is.
1: Celebrate, praise this, this one, this gift of life that we've been given and this breath yeah. that we have right here, right now in this moment, you know, yeah. tomorrow's not promised. and, but we're here now. And so celebrating all those great things that we've done, you know, the to-do list that, you know, the things that have gotten accomplished, but what's much more important to me is having fun playing and being in the moment and just enjoying each other, enjoying your people, Mm -hmm. enjoying who you are and who you're becoming. And, and that is an intentional part. That's probably where my biggest growth edge has been. You know, obviously, it was a real big deal to slow down and and pause in the beginning. Yeah, for sure. um, but getting to a place where I can celebrate and and play and enjoy the moment and enjoy who I'm being in the moment and not shrink. Yep, is is probably you know the second biggest learning curve that I've had.
0: Yeah, for you sure, see. for sure. I really I really relate to this idea of play as being. Um, a real, the word is escaping my mind right now, but it really, it really can transport us into a very new way of being because when we integrate play into, um, into our action steps, meaning like we often think of play as something separate, right? It's like we have our work and then we have our play. But meanwhile, when we allow our work to be more playful um, it becomes more of an experiment rather than something we have to perfect, right? So yeah. um, so for me, that's been so transformative. And I actually use this when I'm teaching yoga all the time as well, right? Like I can see people doing like the mental calculations around how they can do the, the perfect tree pose and be perfectly balanced and not move, right? <laughs> yes. Like that's the standard we hold ourselves to even on the yes. mat and in poses, it's like a total microcosm of life. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it's like, as soon as I say, let it be playful, just see what happens, like sway in the breeze, you know, like- yeah allow all of that to be part of the experience, then suddenly it's transformed and and people do actually tend to have better balance when they play with balance instead of trying to just stay balanced, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and that's, I love how you did that with your hand motion because mm-hmm. that, to me, that speaks to control. Yeah. Trying to control it as opposed to just allowing it to happen naturally. I'm learning more and more that is the opposite of faith that is the opposite of trusting that this life is for us to enjoy to experience to be here to have this full ex- this full spectrum of what it means to be human yeah and the more we try to force things you know, or we let ego force the way it should be you know the way tree posts should look or the way i you know should show up at a PTA meeting, you know, whatever it is, (laughs) it's like, oh, wait, um, control is taking over again.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, for
1: sure. So play is super important. I I love what you said about integrating it into our work, because I think that is, that is it right there. Mm -hmm. Letting everything be more fun
0: yeah totally. So when I think of play, I kind of automatically also think of childhood, and I know that a big part of your work is also you know around how all this stuff affects parenting, and a big part of your own journey is around that too. So I would love to um to hear your perspective and and a little bit about your experience around how all of this stuff how these insights and this journey that you've been on has shifted the way you you relate to your kids
1: mm. well um there was a moment where I, I know you've probably heard, you know, people talk about like books like jumping off the shelf at them. I had one of those moments where um Dr. Shafali Savari's book, The Conscious Parent, like was like, read me. <laughs> <And> it, <laughs> read me. Now, stop what you're doing right now and read me. Um and it was it was really eye opening for me to be not only aware of how I was showing up for myself. And, and really the opposite, not showing up for myself, and how that was impacting, my, at the time, my daughter. Mm-hmm. And because my son was still an infant when I read the book, but um, it was like, oh my gosh, I'm basically, what I'm doing is recreating myself. I am bringing all this nervous, tense, anxious energy And onto my daughter and she's got her own unique signature that I'm trying to cover up. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, my, my shadow at the time was like huge and we all have a shadow. Yeah, of course. You know, throughout life, but mine was so big and my light was so dim that it was overcast onto hers and it wasn't on purpose, but putting it in those terms was like sort of this moment like, oh my gosh, I'm looking, I'm viewing everything in the wrong way. Mm I, you know, our children are gifts to us. And, you know, part of it was because I had, we had gone through infertility and it was so hard for us to get pregnant. That is such a hard journey for sure. Yeah. And, and unfortunately a lot of, women go through it, and and men, Um, but I think it takes a toll on a woman because a lot of us feel like, well, this is our body. This is what we've been created to do, and therefore, I can't do it. Therefore, there must be something wrong with me. There must be something innately flawed about me. And the idea that I housed her, she came from the ether, her spirit, you know, both my kids are their own unique spirit. And I was just the vessel that was, you know, lucky enough to carry them to term and then birth them into the world. And now they're these little humans walking outside, you know, pieces of my heart walking outside my body. (laughs) Um, But I really only had so much to do with that, that there was something much bigger at play And I knew that to be true because it was so hard for me to force it. It was so, I couldn't, I could not control it. I had done everything perfectly. I had done everything by the book. And yet I couldn't make it happen. And so for me, it was this realization, oh, well, there's something much bigger at play. I'm not the CEO of the universe. (laughs) <laughs> um, so rem- remembering that, and I still, you know, on a, on a, on a busy day when kids are fighting and, you know, throwing stuff at each other and screaming and, and I didn't sleep well the night before, or I stayed up too late looking at my phone, whatever it was, I, I have to, you know, I, I sometimes forget this, but it's the remembering that is so helpful that they're all, we are all on our own journey and I can do my best to be here in this moment. I'm going to make mistakes and they're going to learn from my mistakes more than they will my
0: perfection or my, you know, perceived perfection. Mm. I love that. I love that. They're gonna learn more from my mistakes than for like than from like your performance of or your attempt at perfection. Yeah. 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 because, yeah. Well, because so I
1: think- for me, there's so much more learning in that, right? There's oh, for sure. So much yeah. Absolutely. Fall down and we mess up, than when we get it right. Yeah. We have to Forget those things.
0: Absolutely. And and the thing that jumps out at me about that too is like, it's also a gift of this, you know, our common humanity, like to share that with your children is such a beautiful thing instead of setting up this system within your household where everyone is expected to perform perfection right Right. because they're going to do what you do more than they're going to do what you say (laughs) exactly And and so to be able to model that and to and to you know um take some of your own inspiration from from the words that you've written you know in your book and from the the system that you've um that you've developed to be able to apply that in real life to to so such a challenging process, you know, like, I mean, I, I don't have kids of my own, but, um, I have nieces and friends with kids and all of that stuff, of course. And so like the, the challenges never end and, you know, talk about, talk about inviting you right to your edge <laughs> on oh, an every day. basis, yeah. you know? every you moment. Know? Absolutely. And so, um, so I think that's really that 's really helpful to to consider how you know this this process of going through this kind of an awakening or around your life in general is something that applies equally to you know your the way that you work and also to the way that um, you treat yourself and of course the way that that you parent in the environment that you're that you 're creating for your kids so so, how do you let 's get real for a second mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, one more second I should say because we 've been real all along but how do you overcome the urge to control your kids? Yeah.
1: Um, what, well, I don't do it perfectly. I'll start by saying that. Yeah. Awesome. Um, when, when I get it right, it is because I am aware that feelings cannot be controlled. That my own feelings about what's happening are valid and can be expressed. Mm -hmm. and also my child's feelings about what is happening are valid and can be expressed and that to me is pretty freeing because it helps me when I remember it and I'm anchored to that it helps me help them navigate all the big emotions that they have as kids and not make them wrong like it's okay that you are upset that sister got a bigger serving of ice cream cone when they were handing them out at school, you know, that she got a bigger serving of ice cream. It's okay that you're upset about that because it doesn't seem equal. It doesn't seem fair. Yeah. There's nothing we can do about that. Now that, that happened, you know, up at the school now we're home. So what can we do to feel our feelings, you know, express them in a healthy way. Not Hmm. have a tantrum about them because, (laughs) you know, I, I'm, I'm, I cannot hear you when you're screaming. I cannot help you. So what would help? you need a hug? You know, do we need to make plans, you know, next Saturday to go have another ice cream? What is it that will help you? Right. And like help, help them walk through what they're feeling because that's something that I have had to learn to do more and more. Listen to that inner child, because that part of us never goes away. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's still valid. Like, we're tantruming inside. It's because we didn't get what we wanted, right? Um, and, and, and soothing that part of us and nurturing that part of us, that's really helped me be able to do that more for yeah. my kids.
0: Yeah, I was really picking up on that, actually, when you were just describing the, the ice cream situation. I was like, the way, like, I, I would imagine that the reason that you've, you, you have this capacity to help your child, you know, walk through their emotions is because you've done that work for yourself. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like if you if I've not let your yet learned how to walk through my own emotions and they're just like running roughshod over my life, Mm -hmm. then how the heck am I going to figure out how to help a small person (laughs) do that? You know, how am I going to have a different expectation of them than the way that I'm that I'm kind of just letting things, um, letting things you know, spin around and and feel feeling out of control and feeling like I'm being run by being run by my emotions. So right. the very work that you do for yourself is that transferable skill. I mean, and there's there's the idea of mirroring as well. You know, like kids are really picking up on whatever energy that you're putting out, and and that really matters. And so, yeah, it occurs to me that 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 decision um, that decision to pause and and do that work for yourself and to to cultivate that sense of emotional intelligence. Absolutely, it's like the thing that's required to be able yeah. to to hold space for new possibilities for your kids, too. Yeah, yeah. And so in bad. the spirit of being real,
1: sometimes it's, okay, mom needs five minutes of quiet, I'm going in my room, you may not follow me. Mm. Because I'm at my edge right now, I have lost my patience and I really don't want to argue with you. I love you more than that, I need a break. <laughs>
0: Oh, thank you for that. Because mm-hmm. I think sometimes we also need examples of like the words, like what do you actually say in that moment, yeah. <laughs> you know, where yeah. you're hitting the fan and you're like, it's starting to, you start to recognize the signs that it's about to go off the rails. It's kind of off the rails, you know, uh-huh. um, I think that's such a beautiful example of like a strategy to, to implement for, for when you're losing it yeah. <laughs> and you yeah. don't want to totally lose it. I don't want am I'm, I'm yeah. about to lose it. I don't want to. Yes. 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 Amazing. Amazing. I think that's so wonderful. Um, so Corey, I'm wondering that, is there anything that we've missed in our conversation? Oh my Um, God. I feel like I could talk
1: to you all day. (laughs) Like so many things, right? There's so many opportunities in the topic of perfection. Yeah. Which is why I love the work that you do
0: and the vibe
1: that you put out in the world because it's so needed.
0: Likewise, likewise, the the more of us that are, um, you know, sharing this sort of a perspective, I think the better, because we, we need it so deeply for, for ourselves and, um, for one another, for sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. So any final thoughts, anything you kind of want to underline or something that's been, um, kind of rolling around in your mind during our conversation that you didn't have a chance to, to share? Um, the one thing
1: that, uh, came up for me, but we were, you know, speaking about something else, and I sort of Mm -hmm. put a pin in, um, is how, just recognizing and acknowledging how difficult it can be um, to co-parent on different spiritual paths, Mm. like we're, we're all each on our own unique path, whether or not we consider ourselves to be on a spiritual path or not, I believe we all are on one. We're all learning and growing all the time. We're all becoming something more, mm-hmm. and it, it it is hard to parent a child. Number one, it's hard enough to parent kids. Period. Full stop. Full stop. <laughs> exactly. Full stop. Then you add somebody Sometimes. with other ideas. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Who equally is e- is equally passionate and loves this small being as much as you do there's inevitably going to be conflict there's inevitably going to be tension there's inevitably going to be a difference of opinion in how you handle situations right Mm, so just simply the acknowledgement that it's hard
0: (laughs) yeah I think that's okay Yeah, it's so important to name that, right? Especially when we're when we're offering ideas around like, how to cope and strategies for how to do things differently. You know, I think that we can't say it enough that like, yes, this shit is hard. Like adulting is hard. All of this parenting absolutely is hard. Um, And I think that that's, you know, that's kind of where we start is from this place of acknowledgement that, um, that the struggle is real, you know?
1: (laughs) And it it all boils down to growth, right? Whether you've got kids or not, you've got a business or not, like, Whatever you're, you're focused on growing, whatever yeah. creative endeavor that you have, mm-hmm. it's hard enough to do on your own. And then if you've got somebody else, you've got a business partner or something that you're working with, like there's lots of sh- you know, shared goals, but differing opinions and different yeah. ideas about how to get things done. So yeah. acknowledging that.
0: Yeah, I That's hear hard that. Work. Thank you for that acknowledgement. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that. So, where can the good people find you, Corey? Uh, CoreyThompson.com. Awesome. So good. And what are your so- your favorite social media platforms to hang out on?
1: Um, I people, hang there? out mostly on Facebook. I have a hashtag Control Freak is the name of the community that awesome. I am. I'm, I'm trying to build. It's a fairly new Love community, it. but um, it's a place Let's where all, go we can join. all let our crazy out, you know, <laughs> and, and our control freaks. Um, and, and it's a place that I'll, you know, continue just to share resources and anecdotes and, you know, real stuff of what I'm dealing with and what I've learned and how I failed miserably in a situation. <laughs> um,
0: awesome. And I do a little bit on Instagram, but honestly. mainly Facebook and the hashtag control freak groups. So good. Well, thank you so much for being with me today. I know you've got to run and go get your kids. This is real life. Um, So so thank you so much for, for being with me. Thank you for sharing your insights, your experience, your wisdom. I really, really appreciate you taking the time to do this. I'm going to leave notes um, or links in the notes for where people can connect with you as well. Um, And so please do, if you're listening, make your way into Corey's world, check out her book, control freak. And um, I hope that we can talk soon, Corey. Hey, listen, Bridget, thank
1: you so much for having me. Thank you for your insightful, thoughtful questions. It's been a pleasure and so much fun.
0: Thank you so much. We'll talk soon.
1: Okay.